This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Maze Runner, colon, The Death Cure. What is the cure? There is no cure. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 315, 315. 315? We're, we're getting close to my dorm number my first year of college. Which was? I think it was actually 315. <laughs> 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 I had to think about it. I was like, I don't think I was 317. I think... It was 315, so we're, we're at my dorm floor? number in college. <laughs> You're on the third floor? I was on the third floor. I was on the first floor. It was very easy. Nah, man, the first floor sucked. You guys were in the basement. No, it's the first floor. The basement's <laughs> the basement. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cool easy, came from the first floor, is what I'm we saying. We should discuss this floor. Uh, we could be easy, because you get right in on the first floor, then you can just go right to class or wherever you need to go. I don't yeah, have to go down stairs. Yeah, but sometimes you guys are jerks, and you guys take the elevator. It's like, dude, you could have walked one flight of stairs up. Why would I take the elevator? I'm on the first floor. How is some, this not clear? Some people were, were jerks like that. <laughs> How are they jerks? Why would they be in the elevator? They're on the first floor. <laughs> Moving on. This episode, this week we're talking <laughs> the, we're talking Maze Runner, colon, The Death Cure, the series finale of the Maze Runner franchise. Uh, I know. I, it, I, dun, dun, dun. I, I know. I, I, I have nothing to say because it's just like I just, I'm so impressed. It's been a few years, and we'll get to all this with exactly, this Maze Runner. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll okay. explain to you guys my, my methodology behind catching up. But I definitely look forward to that. But here we go. From Joining us to talk the Maze Runner of the Death Cure, we have from Joe Blow and the producer of the upcoming Sick for Toys, he spent three years trying to get out of the maze, and now he's headed back in. It's Jimmy O. I'm going back in. I got. I have to. i, I got to save that Minho or whatever. i got to oh, save man. him. Such a noble guy you are. Super yeah. Cool. Jimmy, yeah, how are you doing? Go. I'm all right. I'm all right. I don't have any uh, cool toys to make weird noises with, though, <laughs> which is really upsetting. But yeah, I'm great. How are you guys? Happy New Year and all happy that. Happy New stuff. Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah. How's producing too, going? Ah, it, uh, it's nice. It's you know we've got hopefully have some news on Secret Toys very soon. Okay. Uh, and uh, the Harvesters as well. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I've just been kind of working on another project this year, which uh, I'm very excited about. Uh, very, very, very excited about actually. Um, yeah, lots of lots of fun, cool stuff. Exciting. Yeah. Great. Woo. Woo. Cool. Woo. It's a little early in the morning, so don't expect me to go full out. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. Uh, <laughs> that was really. Like, good. I want to hear more of that voice. voice. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah that was a, exactly. I, can, I can do that voice. Uh, oh yeah. Let's try it out. Hey, yeah. uh, I'm so excited. Our movie May 25th. We have, like, Cronkite and Alan Thicke on. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh God. did you see me in growing pains? Uh, my, my son, Alan, or is it Alan Thicke? No, wait, it's Robin. No. My son, Robin. Oh, yeah, he's a really good singer. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> but, hey, hey, well, at least he's better than your, the uh, TV TV son, Kirk Cameron. Kirk. I can't, I can't do a Kirk Cameron. I can't go that high. I don't want to hear Let's get to some show notes. Let's yeah, let's do that. Why? 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 Eric, what's your impression? Page. Come on! We we have time to get to those. Uh, let's, 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 get to, let's get to the show notes. First up, Honest telling me to do my Jimmy Stewart. It will come up naturally. Okay. I guarantee this now at this point, given the tone of the show already. Um, let's get to some show notes real quick. First up, Jimmy, are you a fan of the 1998 film Deep Rising? Kind of, kind of, <laughs> a little bit, sure. Yeah. 
kind well, of, it was kind of cool. Well, if you want to watch that Treat Williams classic and listen to us talk about it, Brandon, Jim, and I have a commentary track for Deep Rising that's now available on iTunes. So oh, it's, my it's right God. Up there. Yeah. And it's, could you die? It's it's a good one. Fun I to guess record. you could call it a treat, Williams. Yeah, that's full scream ahead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> At least the you're the tagline. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, what else? Uh, we're going to get to this a little bit later in the show in our feedback section, but uh, the Oscar nominations came out this past week. Yeah, one yeah, cares. Uh, <laughs> certainly, oh, certainly a lot of things in there. That's nobody cares. A lot of things that are expected. Some things that might not have been, but yeah, we'll get we'll get into that uh, later yeah, on. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody in cares. the coming months, we'll have our uh, Oscar uh, our Oscar episodes where right. we do yeah. predictions as well as our after show. So that'll be a lot. Yeah, of fun. nobody nobody cares though. <laughs> uh, you know, you're like your favorite movie of the year is up for 13 Oscars, Jimmy. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's the only thing I care about. But that, other than that, I don't oh, care. oh, I guess somebody cares then, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I, I care about that movie, but hey, here, yeah, we'll get into yeah. that. We'll get in my in the Oscar feedback thoughts. section. Yeah. Yes, feedback, feedback, feedback. Thank you. That was great. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> And the last thing, iTunes reviews ratings. Moving on. iTunes reviews and ratings, good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps the people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search Trout Now there in a day, you can do just that. And you can give us a star rating or even a written review. It'd be great. It would be great. Thank you so much. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's get to know everybody. Reach, we can ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to know everybody. everybody. Hey, you got a question for us? I've got a question for you guys. Have you guys ever, do you guys recall a movie in which there was an extended gap? And you're like, you know. That guy does look older now in some scenes. Blade Runner? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> that was like a like a 30-year gap. Well, that's an answer to your question. That is How about an this answer. One? Star an answer. Wars, The Force Awakens? <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you asking more specifically... A, where, where there what was, do you ask? There was an onset disaster, much like what happened to Dylan O'Brien. You're like, yeah, no, I can definitely tell where there are some scenes. That's a little, maybe a little bit hyper specific, but just curious. Here, let me let me scratch that. If you were in the maze, what would be your weapon of choice? <laughs> <laughs> a lot simpler. Uh, but all questions bl- from I, Abe to really just distract the villains, I think, would be my answer to that. One. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe in violence. So okay, all right. just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> What's that big thing with a like? I don't know, like a thing that like has blades and stuff and a gun and like I don't know, like one of those chucks. blade gun things. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, with nunchucks at the end. I don't with nunchucks, nunchucks at the end. end. Yeah, yeah. So you're, cool. you're talking about the sword from Final Fantasy. Get it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that thing. I want that. I have a question. Yep. No. What do you prefer? Mazes, word searches, Sudoku, or crosswords? Mazes. I mean, I do like a good game of Sudoku. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. I have to blow my nose right now. Oh my gosh. Hey, were you going with Sudoku, or are you just trailing off thinking about Sudoku? <laughs> I mean, I guess, well, sometimes I really like a good word search as well, so. I like word search. I don't make no buts about it. Like, mazes are fun, but, like, I like a good word search. Yeah. That's just weird. <laughs> uh, let's, we have our new poll question this week. Yes, we do. I've been trying to incorporate this in the show. I think it's been fun to do so far. This one is a little bit more balanced, but I've been doing a poll question where I put two movies against each other, but the... The caveat I add is that you must really consider it because if you choose one, it means the other is erased from existence entirely. As in, there's okay. no record of it. 
the paths of the directors and actors involved completely change. There's no pop culture association with it. There's no sequels or remakes or anything like that. So it's it's not just this one's better than the other. It's this one does not exist anymore because you've made this decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this week, we Again, have quite a quite a dire question. But we'll yes, I've made it. I made it. <laughs> I tried to make it much harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seems like we're actually creating our own Hunger Games here. But in, so for this week's question, in honor of the Oscar nominations, where both Guillermo del Toro and Christopher Nolan are nominated for Best Director, I put up Pan's Labyrinth versus Inception. Yeah, that's a that was a tough one, man. I'm not gonna and lie. the re- the results they got pretty close uh, towards wow. the end. They were shifting around, but uh, Pan's Labyrinth won with fifty seven percent to Inception's forty three percent. So more people, I would, yeah, I would have voted for that. More people are, more people are voting Pan's Labyrinth out. No, they're vo- oh, no, they're okay. choosing Pan's Labyrinth. Got it. Okay. Over yeah. Inception. I think Pan's Labyrinth is, uh, for me, I, it holds. I, I love them both, but I, I think it holds more of a rewatch factor because I don't know. For some reason, maybe because it's fairy tale, maybe because it's kind of this weird. I don't know. I, I, I would, I would have picked that as well. Yeah, I mean, I ultimately chose Pan's Labyrinth as well. It's a, it is a. <laughs> I, I was happier with this one, especially because the results were so close as well. So it certainly, yeah, exactly. you know, had an impact on people's minds as far as what they're going to be choosing. For me, just like you said, Jimmy, I think the kind of the merits of Pan's Labyrinth overall mm-hmm. um, work for me better than Inception, which I certainly love as well. I think they're both fantastic films. Abe, do you yeah, have a right. do you have a pull in this fight, Abe? They were tough, man. I mean, because this race is the the director history. After that movie, right? Well, it doesn't erase their history; it just perhaps changes the direction of their career. Okay. There's really there's no sure. telling what would happen. I mean, there's no sequel or remake to Inception like there was with last week's poll question. That's true. Yeah. There isn't. Yeah. There's there's no there's no Inception Genesis. <laughs> That'd be cool. If there was a, would you want a sequel to Inception? I don't. I would. I think it's a pretty I, complete movie. Yeah, I think so too. I, I would agree. At the same time, there's, I mean, the world created the concept. I guess more like a sidequel. I wouldn't mind, like if there's some further exploration of that world. I would not necessarily mind. Maybe a series on Showtime. Yeah, of course. Or HBO. (laughs) Yes. Or Netflix. With James Marsden. Stars. Or Hulu. Yeah, in like 30 years, when all the actors are really desperate and they come back for the Netflix series, I mean, that'll probably. Boom. Then that's another answer to my question. Yeah. We answered. So your answer is Inception now. because you're looking forward to the Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be Inception. I need to see what's going to happen when you know Dylan O'Brien sure. turns fifty. <laughs> what? Why would he be involved? What do you, what I don't is, know. I'm just bringing it all back. <laughs> why, why not? He, he's Dealey Brow. <laughs> no, he, he's joining the cast. Yeah. Get yeah, over he'd, it. he'd be the young ingenue brought on. Yeah, he, he's totally he's he's in, man. I'm I'm casting him. It's 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 done, done. All right. Well, that's yeah. how you play. No, everybody. No, everybody. Yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get out of quickies. Each one out now. We we talk about the we started doing that. So the quickies. that was pretty good actually. I, I was listening to it and I was like, I actually heard everything, even though it, <laughs> it felt like it was going I... slower. I thought I heard something about wikis, so uh, I think I misheard. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I rewatched Grand Budapest Hotel for no real reason other than I think I was watching something about Wes Anderson. I was like, I should go watch this movie, and it was great. Ron and I almost watched that last night. Wow! <laughs> so we were on the same wow. line there. Uh-huh. But it, no, it, it still holds up. I think it was because I was uh, thinking about uh, Lady Bird, and I was like, oh, Saoirse Ronan's also in Grand Budapest Hotel. Started watching stuff about Wes Anderson. I was like, I should just rent the movie, and I did, and I don't regret it, so it's great. 
Yeah, and the the weeks leading up to Isle of Dogs, I guarantee you that all the Wes Anderson films will be watched in some capacity. Yeah. Also, Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, man, that guy should have won something for for this movie, but he should have been nominated. I mean, he wasn't even nominated for the movie, and it's he's so yeah, good. Yeah, he was he was fantastic, and I was like, yeah, oh, man. So anyway, how about you, Jimmy? Any other movies this week? Oh, I've been having a weird uh, renaissance. I, I watched uh, Mad Men, Mad Men Mars. Uh, Aaron doesn't know who that, who that is, which is sad because it has some really good kills. I watched Happy Birthday to Me. I watched Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, which is also known as uh, Final Warning, I believe. And I watched uh, Prom Night and Prom Night 2. Big 80s weekend, huh, Jimmy? Yeah, I, mean, I was just in the mood for like old slasher movies, I guess. And then I watched, uh, you know, 12 Strong. I saw that to uh, do the junket for the for the guys, for the boys. Um, I think what else I watched? I watched something else. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Impractical Jokers. That's what I watched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I watch. Yeah, the one show you watch. The one show I watch. I don't change the channel. I just leave it on that channel. It's just on. I don't, you know, because I change the channel. I was like, well, that's stupid. So I just go back. You waste too much energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's stupid. I'll just (laughs) stick with True TV. They know their stuff. That's why they're called True TV. They're true. It's true. But yeah, you seriously, you need to see Madman. That's awesome. Oh, and I watched Don't Go in the House. That one too. Don't Go in the House. Which was better than I remembered it being. Hmm. A very, like, very cheesy, uh, sl- sleazy, uh, psycho kind of vibe. Very Ed Gein-based horror film. And it's 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 kind of gross because it's just kind of disgusting and, and misogynist. But it's still a good movie. It's it's pretty good for those movies. You know, don't Go in the House. No, what's, what's the other one with the... the don't phone? Go in the Woods. Well, don't the... Go in the... Go, don't go in the basement. Well, what's Which the one what's the one that got re What's the one that got remade? Um, that's like about like the killer on the phone call and all that. Oh, when a stranger calls. When a stranger calls. Oh. That's what I was like, yeah. That the original when a stranger calls is such a creepy little thriller. It's re- those you, again. It's like one of those like it's like Scream. The first ten twenty minutes are just really terrifying, and, and mm. Carol Kane was awesome in that, that movie. I did not watch that, but maybe I will. Hmm. Wow, there you go. But not the yeah. remake, because I know that's awful. No, the remake was really dumb, but it it wasn't the worst remake. It was just, it didn't really, it wasn't scary. It just felt like a, it felt like, the remake felt like a teen slasher flick. Like, like a made for teen, like, like it would be on like a, you know, a TV movie type of thing. Yeah, but the guy who directed it also directed The General's Daughter. So oh yeah, it's a that. Simon, what's his name, yeah. Simon, Simon, Simon West. West, there we go. Yeah. I was like, it's a direction. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Simon North. <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't great. I don't even remember. It was better than the Prom Night remake, though. Prom Night. Well, remake that's the, the Prom Night remake bad. and the Fog remake. Those followed like the the low end of like the aughts horror classic remakes. Like those oh, for sure. Oh, and the Hitcher. That was terrible. the Hitcher. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. But yeah, I've been in a, I, and there's like, I, I'm just kind of in like going back because those, those are movies I grew up on and I always watched the, went to the video store, rented the cool, stupid covers and I'm, I'm like, I, I love those movies. So I've been kind of in a, you know, revisiting a lot of those nostalgia, I guess. Were you watching on VHS? No, I don't have a VHS player. <laughs> I wish I did. Really but, awesome. Oh wait, no, I do have one. I have two. Sorry. Yeah, dig it up somewhere. No, it's it's literally sitting right in front of me on, <laughs> on my TV, and I was like, oh wait, I still have that hooked up. 
Wow. So. And I have laser disc player, so Dude, there you go. Dude, nice. Yeah. You got to yeah. the disc every, like, it, half the movie. You're just like, oh, wow. Yeah. I get, it I was so what happens in the other half. That's where this goes. That <laughs> was, I think that was almost as annoying as back in the day, 8-tracks, when you would, you know, you'd play your little music, you know, you'd listen to the album, and then in the middle of the song, it'd be, boop, and then it'd fade out, and the song would continue on the next track. <laughs> no one, none of you, no one listening remembers Yeah, I was like, tracks, I think, I think our listeners are like, you know, I grew up with MP3s where you had thousands of songs on an iPod. They, they, they thought the quickie yeah, segment was I, tough to listen to. This is just Greek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just, yeah, this is too much. But, uh, you know, they know what cassettes are, though, I bet. I've seen a few things <laughs> this, this past week yep. uh, that I want to make note What'd of. What did you I'll I've, I've seen a few did movies. You, wait, did you see Butch, Butcher Baker or Nightmare Maker? I have not, but I did oh, watch... Jimmy, you might even watch this. It's on Netflix. It's Security. It is this... No. It's this Antonio Banderas Die Hard ripoff. What? Uh, it's it, So he's like... He's he's like a he's a captain who's come back from Afghanistan, <laughs> and he just needs work. <laughs> so he gets a job as a security guard at a mall. And <laughs> in the first night of his job... He, the, the like, my, uh, at the my first time. buddy's in this movie. The first night, the first night on the job, like, a, there's a girl, like, in custody with witness protection who gets, like, her convoy gets ambushed. And so she runs to the, she's like an 11 year old girl. She runs to the mall and she needs protection. And Ben Kingsley's like, the, he's like the Hans Gruber of the ben situation. Ben Kingsley? Yeah. He's, so he's ben like trying Kingsley. to get him. He and his henchmen are trying to get into the mall and kill this girl. And Antonio Banderas and, like, a, a few people that work in mall security are trying to like stop them. And it's like it's it's not it's not like good, but it's like entertaining and fun. And it's like I miss seeing Antonio Banderas and things because he's completely capable of like being a kind of Bruce Willis type of these kind of movies. Like he's, he's Dude, this he's is fun crazy. What my a good friend of mine is in this movie. Chad Lindbergh's in this. Chad, Chad the, yeah, the, yeah, the guy that plays yeah. not Giovanni Ravisi in the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, he's that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like Oh crap! And, 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 oh. But, but, yeah, he's a, he's a really good friend of mine. I guess I should watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can text him and be like, "Hey, you're great in that movie." It's got yeah, him, exactly. it's got um, Liam McIntyre who played Spartacus in the last few seasons. No, I'm of Spartacus. 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 <laughs> but like, no, it's 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 a 90 minute like action movie. It's cheap, but it's like, you know what? This is entertaining, and it's nice to see Antonio. Like, it's went to like direct video essentially. But it's like, yeah, why is but still, like not around. I, like, I'm he's, looking like, at the poster for Security. It looks. Amazing! It's Antonio Banderas <laughs> on a knee Antonio with Banderas two guns. Is doing a, he's doing a lot of those. Like he did another movie. I, I forgot. I can't even remember the title, and I had to review it. And uh, it was another like dump, dump it on video, and it was bad. But it, this one was bad. Yeah, and like I, I get that. And at the same time, yeah. it's like I remember Expendables three, which is otherwise forgettable. But he has like the best part in it, where he's arguing he's like, "Why am I being left out of these things?" Like that's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's like I a like meta commentary on his own status in Hollywood. It's like, yeah, I get it, because like people like Antonio Banderas generally. People, <laughs> like, people yeah. love Puss in Boots. I want to move on because I didn't yes. mean to talk nearly as much about security compared to other things. Oh my gosh. Um, hey, one Chad, of the other things, Chad Lindbergh, shout out. There you go. There we one go. of the other things I saw this week was the death of Stalin. This is the upcoming. Yes! Armando Iannucci film, um, who people may know as the creator of Veep. Right. He also created the show In the Thick of It uh, in England, which got a spin-off movie, In the Loop, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, this is his latest film. It arrives in March. It premiered last year in festivals, and it's been out in England. Like I think it's nominated for a couple of BAFTAs, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but the it's 
it centers around this crazy period of time that's based on reality where Stalin dies and the kind of the, the you know the people right under him are all battling for who's going to become basically the ruler of Russia and like what to do about the government and what have you. And it has like Steve Buscemi, Michael Palin, uh, like uh, Jason Isaacs, like a bunch of like English and American people all doing their own accents, not doing <laughs> Russian accents. And if you like Veep or that kind of humor, it's hilarious. Like, I think it's absolutely hilarious. And it it does a great job of blending tone because there's, I mean, you know, the Russian dictatorship that's going on at that time is not a good thing. There's lots of people being killed and worse. And those things are not, you know, they don't sweep those under the rug for this movie. So it finds a great way to balance both screwball comedy as well as, you know, the kind of horrors that were going on in the country at that time. But it's wow. very witty, very clever. Um, it it does a, great, a pretty good job of reflecting actual things. You know, Abe, we talked about this last week, kind of like uh, we had the question of how much do you care about historical accuracy in movies that are based on true yeah, stories? Right. And this is a great example of one that, of course, plays with it's, what you expect from that kind of thing yeah. because it's, you know, it's a comedy, um, but it is dealing with actual things and actual people. Um, you know, like Steve Buscemi is playing um, – uh, Khrushchev, uh, and, <laughs> and a, yeah, he's playing Khrushchev of all things. And you have another actor. He's a he's more of a Shakespearean guy. I can't think of his name right now. It's like a three name thing. But okay. he plays he play, he plays a horrible person. <laughs> he yeah, plays yeah. a person that did more than uh, just murder people. And and like the movie doesn't shy away from those things, but it's still very entertaining in a way that I think directly applies to that question, where it's like, well, yeah, it's. It's it's not directly adapting like, you know, it's not a documentary, but it's still showing you history just in its own way, uh, which is exactly what I can, you know, take in as far as historical, you know, based work goes. It's not a matter of how accurate it is. It's how it's conveying its story to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but regardless, Death of Stalin arrives in March. It's not going to be like a huge release. So I probably won't do like a full review on it for a whole episode. So that's why I want to mention it now, because it is one. I, I am a huge Ianucci fan, yeah. and I was very happy to see the movie, and I look forward to watching it again at some point because it's really hilarious and very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. The last thing I want to mention, though, um, there's a show on HBO um, called Mosaic from Steven Soderbergh. Do you guys are you guys aware of this? I haven't heard of it. So it's interesting because last year it debuted via app. It's this kind of experimental thing where Soderbergh put out an app called Mosaic. And he essentially filmed the different um, the different actors from their perspectives. And within the app, you can you can like interact with it. You can kind of the little beats will pop out, and you can like like you know touch it on the screen, and it'll like go to somebody else's perspective or give you clues about it's a murder mystery. It'll give you clues about the murder that happened. Mm-hmm. So that was the app version. Now it's been basically Soderbergh took all that and edited it into a six episode miniseries, and it's really good. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's well well worth watching. It stars um it stars Garrett Hedlund, who I've talked about in this podcast as being very good in things that aren't Tron Legacy, essentially because he's really good in the show. Once yeah, he, again, he's actually he's become he, a really solid actor. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's like, I, I I said the last time we talked about was Mudbound. Mudbound. I'm like I'm just yeah. I'm tired of talking about Garrett Hedlund as if I have to apologize for his previous roles because he's just consistently yeah. good in things. He's, he's, like he's, he's so really, good. Yeah. 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 But it has, yeah, it has, it has Garrett had, I gotta look up this other actor's name, because he's, like, the best part. But, um, uh, Sharon Stone, who I typically think of not being a very good actress, and this is probably one of her better roles. Um, uh, a number of other people. There's, there's one guy I want to point out. Bo Bridges. Um, not Bo Bridges. Uh, Paul Rubens, though. Pee Wee Herman oh, himself. Wow. Pee Wee Herman uh, himself. Uh, uh, Ziggy from The Wire, James Ransom. Um, oh, yeah. 
But another actor, okay, here he is, Devin Rattray. Okay. Um, so this is a character actor who you know as Buzz from the Home Alone movies. Oh, what? And he was since he was like in Nebraska. He's one of like the idiot cousins. In Nebraska. He was in Nebraska. I'm yeah. my mind is blown right now. But he plays in this. He just plays like a regular cop. Yeah. And he's so good in this. It's like Soderbergh does this a lot, where he just finds random like you know small actors and just puts them in these roles, and they're just great. And this guy, he like, I look forward to seeing him in other, like, he pops up in a lot of things. You can look at his filmography, and he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But it's like, he just plays like the most human cop who is like, he has like, a, he has a wife and a kid, and he's just trying to do his job. But like, the way he examines like this murder mystery is so fascinating. But the, the show's really good. It's six episodes, like I said. Mm-hmm. They're all like 45 minutes or something like that. And it just goes over, what's cool about it is it goes over different perspectives in the same way that I imagine the app was doing. Soderbergh's camera work is so interesting because he has such a great handle on how to focus on things, focus on characters' faces and make it, like, awkward because of how long he's holding in certain perspectives or, like, having people in the background do things. Just the way his cinematography works. And it's it's one of his, like, experimental things, like something like like Bubble or, you know, one of his, you know, not like a high-profile, not an ocean film, but one of his more, like, let me see what I can put together in a weekend, like that kind of thing. And he did it, and it's really good. Like, I was really really impressed with this. Uh, certainly, you know, as it progressed on and like the mystery itself, it's nothing, you know, nothing, nothing spectacular as far as like how he's handling a murder mystery in the same yeah. way that, you know, other shows up. It's just more of the presentation of it because it the way yeah, it ends is so it as good as murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, as much as I as much as I like murder on the Orient Express for, you know, what it is, it's fine. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, it's, certainly, it's certainly more interesting as far as. I haven't seen something presented like this before, right. and it's not wrapped up super easily either. So, so, it's, it's, so Soderbergh doesn't reveal his own hand at the end of the movie? He's like, oh, this it's is not, how I did it's it. Not, it's, not a, it's not a matter of whether or not you find out who did what or what have you. It's yeah. just the way he handles it I found to be quite intriguing. Got it. Um, so, okay. you know, and it's, you know, it's not – like, there's no – there's nothing in it either. There's no violence or anything. It's just more of – it's all procedural. It's all people talking and, like, you, you yourself kind of – having all kinds of thoughts about what's going on here, who's really to be, because at the very beginning, it kind of shows you something that's like, oh, I guess this is how it ends and I'm going to catch up. But you find a lot of things that's like, I don't know about this now. So it's, it's just really, I, I was really entertained by it. Farce. I'm a huge Soderbergh fan, obviously, but also yeah, at the same time. Yeah, it definitely like, sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's like, well, this is, this is interesting enough for me to want to keep talking about this. So yeah, I just want to point out Mosaic. It's on HBO. You can find it on HBO Go, I'm sure, if you have, you know, certificate or whatever, but it's certainly worth watching. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because uh, that, that it was so it was on all this week. It came like it was every episode every day this week, and like two the two final two episodes were on Friday. So that's why it's like I caught up with the whole thing because it was every day. So that's sweet. Yeah. All right, that was out of quickies. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to trailer talk. We talk about what the was true movie trailers of the week. What we thought of it. What have you? And uh, guys, <laughs> we are talking about a trailer this week that I got really excited about because of how silly it looks. It is called the Hurricane Heist. Woo-hoo! A title that's so amazing, I wish it was based on a true story, and I'm surprised it isn't. Um, oh, it is. This happened. This actually happened. It was like, there could have been a news story that alludes to something like this, and like they wrote a whole film about it, and sadly, that's not the case. But regardless, this is a new film from Rob Cohen, that, as the poster, uh, make sure to point out, the director of The Fast and The Furious, <laughs> uh, among other things, including, of course, Dragonheart. It is a a disaster heist film with friend of the show Toby Kebbell as a meteorologist and Maggie Grace as a treasury agent and Ryan Quanton 
as like a an ex-marine and it's basically them versus a series of people that are all trying to steal like 600 million dollars from the u.s mint all during a category five hurricane yep this took four right five five writers sorry five writers to write this so, so in actuality it took 10 it, it took a lot, it, there's a lot of writing necessary. There's a lot of accents here in the trailer, which I, very much amused me, given that Toby Kebbell is very English and Ryan Quantin is very Australian. Uh, but with all that said, <laughs> Jimmy, what do you think of the trailer? You know, it's it it's like one of those movies that I I almost feel like it would be something that you know, like a certain movie I did, Airplane vs Volcano, uh, like an asylum flick. But uh-huh. I, I, you know what, I. I'm in. I'm kind of curious. It look, I like the cast. I like Maggie Grace. I, 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 I like Ryan. I like uh, Toby a lot. I, I like these guys. I. It doesn't look like it's gonna like, you know, test change my intelligence. Yeah. yeah, change the world. I mean, I, you know, it might be fun. It's, it's a little silly. It doesn't look as the, uh, you know, the big difference between this and the Asylum film. The, the effects look a little better. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Why not? Sure. Let's do it. I'm in. How about you, Abe? Because I texted you excitedly that we should talk about this trailer, you, and you now I want to know your reaction. You exclamation mark, and I was like, you know, I haven't heard of this movie. I'm usually pretty good about watching a bunch of trailers before we review them on the show here. And I was like, I haven't heard of this movie. And I was watching the trailer, and I was like, what the fuck am I watching here? This is the craziest trailer. And I was like, but wait a minute. It, it's not a terrible it's, – it's not like one of those straight DVD movies – where they don't no. have any, like, no-name actors. I was like, Toby Kebbell, we love Toby Kebbell on the show. And I was like, Megan Grace, the, the girl from the, the girl from Taken? Uh, and I was like, this premise is ridiculous, but I kind of really need to see this. And, and then when it, when it was, like, from the director of Fast and the Furious, I was like, wait a minute. It's, it's, and then there's also, and Triple X, I was like, what, what is going on here? Who, like, what, uh, who would, why, what? Like, I, well, this he, is an idea that he, he had? still works. I mean, the guy, like, you know, he, he's got the guy, Rob Cohen, works. Yeah. He works pretty Oh, oh he steadily, definitely so. works. Yeah. It, so it I'm like, amazing that uh, that there's this bill, like what you guys are saying, this bill of uh, this cast of characters. And, again, like, I don't know why Toby Campbell looks like he does have a southern accent, but he, he's a really, like, permanent proper British dude. Um and I find that fascinating that, that we love Toby Kebbell in things where he's not Toby Kebbell, meaning people have seen him in, was it Dawn of, is it Rise of the Planet of the Apes? He's in Dawn, well, yeah. he's in Dawn of the Planet of the oh, Apes, yeah. Dawn, Dawn of, of the Planet of the Apes, Apes. Yeah. Koba. Yeah. Koba, yeah, and he's Koba. fantastic. And then, you know, people are going to be like, who's this Toby Kebbell guy? It's like, no, you've seen him. He's He's been around in all these movies that are mm-hmm. really fantastic. He's the rock and roller. He's the rock and roller. That's where I was first introduced to him, and I was yeah. like, this guy's great. But, yeah, this movie looks crazy. Like, crazy in a way that's just like, I want to hold my head to my hand, or my hand uh, on my head and just watch the whole movie and just be like, what am I watching here? So, I am kind of excited to see (laughs) if this lives up to my expectations of what Geostorm didn't live up to. Well, that's what I was going to say. On and I saw Geostorm, and while it had its moments, it did not nearly deliver as much as it could have, I think, on the amount of hilarity and fun. It had 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 moments? 
when towards the end when there's a scale predicting when the geo when there's a countdown to geostorm <laughs> and when ed harris grabs a rocket launcher out of the trunk yes it has its moments <laughs> i weirdly enough i saw that because i did the junket for that movie and i don't remember a single thing about that film i'm like, sure there's a I, gift I, out there of ed harris grabbing a rocket that. launcher out of the trunk of the car no no memory of that movie at all well at all I well, remember regard- they were in it. I forgot Ed Harris was in it. Regardless, like, I, I am hoping the Hurricane Heist lives up to kind of the absolute bonkers craziness that Geostorm seemed to have promised in these trailers. Wanted to, yeah. I hope so uh, too, man. And I oh, and man. I will say this. It is a good start that this movie feels like a big-budget remake of Hard Rain from 1998. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's essentially the same thing. It's a heist during a giant storm. Um, so it's like, yeah, they, it seems like they took the hard rain formula that everyone knows and tries to use all the time and uh, <laughs> put to a new movie. Yeah. Uh, Rob Cohen is very hit or miss. Um, but I mean, this looks more fun than, you know, don't cross Alex cross or that third mummy that we don't talk about or stealth. So yeah, I, I am yeah. on board <laughs> for what the hurricane. Ice has to offer. You named all those movies and I thought of actors that I felt bad for. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> Because I was like, Matthew Fox is like, what happened to Matthew Fox after <laughs> Don't Cross Alex Cross? And then you mentioned Stealth, I was like, oh man, Jamie Foxx is in that movie, and so was uh, Jessica, Jessica, Jessica Biel. Like, oh. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the Hurricane Heist opens the theaters March 9th. It's so getting a theatrical it- release? Of course, Ken, if you, what, yep. we, don't, we don't talk about movies I, that are going to theaters <laughs> on this podcast, Abe. <laughs> this actually makes me even more excited. <laughs> It's the same weekend as Death of Stalin, so I mean, it's well, like, it's like you had to pick your poison there. There's probably some other giant movie we're not talking about that comes out on March 9th. It's probably like Wrinkle of Time or something like that, but <laughs> there we are. Yeah, I tried to get Ava to do our show. She didn't reply yet. Okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Hurricane Heist. There, there it is. Uh, okay, let's let's move on now. Let's yes. get to our let's get to our main review for Maze Runner: colon, The Death Cure. They took you because you're immune. To a plague that's wiping out the human race. They think you're worth sacrificing to find a cure. They'll never stop until we can stop them. The last city, Ricketts' whole base of operations. It's the lion's den in mono. That's where we're going. Three years we spent behind walls trying to break out. Now we're trying to break back in. I get shotgun. That should have been some of the trailer for Maze Runner, colon, The Death Cure. The Maze Runner was first introduced to us back in 2014 and turned into a super success. Wes Ball, director, took a YA novel that felt stripped down and different from similar franchises, made an entertaining action-horror hybrid, like Lord of the Flies meets a sci-fi riff. Scorch Trials followed a year later and felt a bit like a step back as it worked like a zombie film in the middle of a divergent entry. Now we have Maze Runner, The Death Cure, a film that was put in serious jeopardy when star Dylan O'Brien suffered from major injuries while filming. However, O'Brien recovered and got right back on the horse to finish his final chapter in the series. The film follows some of the Gladers, who are now on a mission to rescue their friend Minho, who has been kidnapped by the evil Minho! corporate Wicked. Uh, Jimmy, have you been a fan of the, the Maze Runner franchise, and what did you think of this one? You know what? Okay, if you look at the history of these YA novels, you know, we had the Twilight movies, we had the Hunger Games, which were both successful. Then you had all these little ones that tried to do Divergent. Uh, there's a lot I don't even remember. Uh, the Maze Runner is a pretty steady series. I don't. I. I I'm not necessarily a fan, but I. I, I don't 
dislike them per se. I, I, I don't mind watching them. I generally forget about them, but I, I like the cast. I like the young cast. I like Dylan O'Brien. He's charismatic. He's a solid actor. And but I love and I love like Patricia Clarkson and Barry Pepper and all that. I, yeah, I mean they're they're fine. I have a decent time with them. You know, I'm not. It's not going to change my world, but they're they're fine. I I, I mean this one I, I kept like I was kept playing spot the influence with the whole opening sequence is like Mad Max Fury Road, like. Literally, then that's what they were going for with it. And so you like this last one? Yeah, it was fine. I I reviewed it. I give it like a six out of ten. I mean, I had mm-hmm. I, there were moments. I, I it my the biggest issue with this last one is too damn long. There's no reason for it to be that long. They could cut a half hour into and maybe cut out a couple of the you know chase sequences that kind of dragged a little bit. And you know, I mean, but other than that, it was solid. It was decent. It was a good watch. We'll get into that more, of course. Abe, you and you, you and I have been more or less okay with this series, right? Right. Yeah, I think that you and I really liked the the direction that Maze Runner took um, when the first one came out. I think when was that? Like five years ago. Twenty fourteen. Well, twenty fourteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like what Jimmy was saying. You know, you had this plethora of YA novel adaptations being brought to the screen, and they were more or less all very much the same, right? You know, teenager has to save the world. Um, and might have a romantic interest, but for the most part, it's going to build up into a giant battle at the end. I think that, you know, obviously something like Hunger Games is is on a different level just because I think they had so much success in terms of the box office budget that they were able to throw more money at it and maybe tighten up mm-hmm. the script a little bit. But Maze Runner came along and was like, oh, wow, after watching something like Divergent or... I mean, that's the biggest one I can think of. That was Those other of, ones that we yeah, can't name. <laughs> right. Yeah. And another. Some mortal were, instruments. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was really kind of refreshing to see. Wow. There. It's kind of. There actually feels like there's some stakes here in terms of the people that are dying. Um, well, especially in this one. I mean, there's definitely there's some serious stakes, which I was surprised about that. Yeah. Uh, that actually surprised me. I haven't read the book, so. I remember, yeah, Aaron and I didn't read the books either, and I remember uh, noting that I came out of the movie and I heard some of the fans saying, like, oh, man, I can't wait for, like, the other two. And I was like, oh, there's going to be two more? This is kind of cool. So we watched Scorch Trials, and like what you were saying, Aaron, Scorch Trials was, it was okay, because it went into this virus and it felt like a zombie movie, like, exactly what you are saying. The sounds actually mm-hmm. sound like sound effects from The Last of Us, where there are clickers and whatever else. But, yeah, you move into this one, and... It, it is long, but I, I have to give it a, a ton of props. And first off, I give it props for actually completing its saga, unlike Divergent, which decided to go into yeah. like seven pieces or whatever the case is. And they were just like, all right, well, I, the stars don't want to do it because they don't want to do a straight to, straight to you know, premium TV. cable thing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I also give it props for not breaking it up into two parts. It, it is long, but I'd rather have one complete part than cliffhanger they make it to they make it within the city walls and now i have to wait like another year just to figure out that it's gonna be a bunch of battle sequences um but the maze runner death cure it's it it is the action heavy part of the the series and i also want to shout out that they they had this train heist sequence that was like an extended sequence and as much as it doesn't really mean anything toward the the, the later, later parts of the movie, it really doesn't. Like, like, when you think about it, like, good, good job. Yeah, exactly. Like good job on West Ball and team to 
kind of invest you in these in these uh, set pieces that kind of are over the top. But hey, it, it, it's it's supposed to set up the stakes for this movie. And while the stakes are like ridiculously YA raised every time that people are on the screen, meaning like whether this is whether it's uh, Minho getting some sort of lab stuff tested on him. Or all of a sudden, one character starts getting the shakes in his hands. It's like, oh no, there's there's some serious stuff that's gonna happen here. It's it's, yeah. it's really weird to to kind of go through this movie, see it, and be like, you know, this is entertaining, and I don't really have a huge problem with it. Not even with the the length and the runtime, but the problem that I do have is that it happened to be released at a time in which I don't really remember much about the other movies that there's some dramatic parts that happen, and I kind of was, it kind of left me a little bit flat, you know, um, not that it didn't matter, but it was just, oh, well, I had forgotten all the trials that these people had been through together. There's especially a part toward the end of the movie where they have, like, a rock to, to uh, you know, to give thanks and remember and honor some people that had been passed, and they started naming people that I remember from the first one. I was like, I, I kind of don't remember how I felt about it. And it was kind of a bummer. <laughs> you know, it, it really took away from the dramatic arc that they were trying to go for. But kudos to them for getting a huge cast of these character actors, including, like, Walton Goggins. Yeah. Like, it, how, how freaky was that freaking makeup he was wearing? Yeah, that was it, gross. It, so it Walton Goggins shows up as, like, he's a leader of, like, the resistance, resistance team. and right. But he's, like, he's infected. And so, like, he has no nose. His head's kind of like mess. He looks like a mutant from Total Recall mixed with oh, like a zombie. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, he's, he's looking like yeah. he's looking like Swamp Thing, and also like uh, who's the guy f- uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean? The the Davy Jones. Yeah, Davy Jonesy type makeup. But you know, you have this cast of characters that is that is super widespread. Like you guys mentioned, um, uh, uh, Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper's in mm-hmm. here. Friggin', you know, the doctor from Lars and the Rose Girl, Patricia Clarkson, is in here. You know, mm-hmm. freaking little. Hey, you know how you make you make you know how you make anything better. You, you add a little pepper on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's 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 fantastic to see this cast of characters that, uh, you know, Gus Fring is in here. So it's it's yeah, Giancarlo Esposito, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, oh yeah. It's really a, a pretty long cast of characters that's like. Aiden oh, Gillen's you know, good. Right. Aiden Gillen's. Like, yeah. Mark Mayor Carcetti's here. Mayor like, Carcetti, you know. Exactly. You would never see these people in a movie that that seemingly wouldn't be a big budget. Thing. So I was glad to see that it came to an end in a way that they wanted, because um, it was the same writers and the same director for mm-hmm. all of them. And so fantastic that your vision came to the screen. It's just that I think that because of the Dylan O'Brien thing, but also because of the layoff, it's it, whether that's just perhaps not Dylan O'Brien or Dylan O'Brien's injury, um, it kind of really takes away from some of the, the effects. Because I the way that I had to recap was I was randomly... I, I, I searched in YouTube Maze Runner recap, and surprisingly, the development team at whatever studio this was had the Fox. cast of characters do like a two-minute recap of the movie, and they were producing – they were reminding me of things that I totally had forgotten, including Mino being captured and <laughs> Teresa turning on them. And I was like, oh, right, there was all this stuff. So it was great to see that recap. But it, the length of time, the delay between score trials and this one really kind of um, uh, kind of hurt from some of the facts that were presented late to you in the movie. So I mean, I mean, the, the studio is not stupid. They, I no, mean, yeah, after, they're not, they're after, say, after putting out two movies back to back years, right. they are aware that the audience they need to you know recapture some of that. Yeah, and they yeah. Know that Give us some breathing room, but also recapture. And also, again, it's it's 
no fault of their own that there was a, an accident on set. Well, yeah, I mean, their but you got you got to make you got to make for what you do, and obviously, yeah. like the sec the scorch trials made at worldwide, it still made three hundred million, but like it made mm-hmm. less domestically than the yeah. first film. And so, like, I think they knew that there's going to be a downturn in the final chapter of this, and it's mainly for like the fans that really want to see this. Yeah. That said, I enjoyed this too. Like, it's it works a lot better than I think it should. Um, mm. because of how long it is, because of like the gap between films, and like I didn't try to refresh myself in any of this. Oh, see, you it. know what? I love that though. I love that they took a little time between two films. I'm sick of these uh, franchise. Let's release a movie every two months. Yeah, for, you know, yeah, for it's, sure. It's, and it's I, and annoying. I, I can understand that. At the same time, you know, for a series like this, it certainly depends on. You know, ha- given that it's not going to be standing up in the same way that some of the other bigger ones do, it needs to stand up on the idea that people are going to get this sooner rather than later so they don't completely forget about it. And while I, I wouldn't say I completely forgot about it, I certainly felt like, all right, I'm more or less familiar of what's going on here, so I'm just going to go along with it and not really try to watch the other movies again just yeah, so yeah. I can keep up. And I didn't. And what, I, what I'm commending, though, is that I think the movie works as a kind of standalone film. I mean, you obviously take away more from knowing who characters are and whatnot, but as far as what the story is and what it's presenting to you, it does a good job of just being its own thing without you necessarily needing like every single detail possible. You can catch up pretty quickly. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I think the real star of this movie is Wes Ball, the director. He, for one thing, he's one of the few people that's actually done every single entry in this series. We don't right. see that. Yeah, yeah. You, you never see, see like, that per- nowadays. Like what Gary Ross did the first Hunger Games before Francis Lawrence did all the other ones, or you know the Twilights, or everyone's a different director almost. Harry Potter, you know, has a shared right? like so. I mean, Jackson is like the, one of the only guys who was able to do all of these movies. Uh, but yeah. but no, Wes Ball, like in addition to just making, you know, a movie that's his own vision and like doing putting what he could into not splitting up the films into two parts, which is great on him because who would want to see a second one? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. But no, regardless, we what I like the most is that this is like a solid action movie. Like it really works mm-hmm. as far as its action and the thrills. It does a great job of presenting you know, action scenes that look like practical stunts are being used. Obviously, someone actually did get hurt. So, I mean, that just shows you the amount of danger that they put the stars in for this kind of thing, which is not necessarily something you need to commend. But at the same time, compared to, like, CG spectacles, which this movie does have a fair share of as well, it does a good job of, give, like, you know, riffing off, like you mentioned, Jimmy, Mad Max, uh, 28 Days Later, there's a lot of that here. Blade Raider. Runner. Fast and Blade Furious no. Part 4. Fast and what, but I mean, it's not five. Um, oh. <laughs> if you want to well, they, they have to get Dominic out of the. Is that in four or five? I guess that's what? the end of four what? and into five. Well, you actually see it in five. Also, there's that whole train chase in five as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, oh, but, so awesome. But regardless, there's a lot of practical stunts in here. And the way they're filmed, they look down and gritty. They're not overly edited. You can see what's going on. Like, of the people that I want to see move on to bigger and better things, and there's a lot of great actors in this movie, but Wes Ball's a director. I'm looking forward to seeing whatever next thing he takes on is because he's proven to be a really solid director. That's why I like the first film. It's like this action horror movie. The second film, story-wise, is not really something I cared too much about, but there was a lot of action in it that I appreciated. And this one follows the same thing. Again, the story is not something to write home about. It's something you've seen a lot. No. Although there well, is something. Know, it's really funny about the story. It always mm-hmm. cracks me up. It's like, okay, they so the big company is Wicked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wicked. It's like, it, it, it literally, it literally be like if our government was called, you know, they evil. called themselves the <laughs> evil empire. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's just the stupid, it's the most. Yeah. 
nail on the it's, head. It's right on Wong Goggins' nose. Yes, <laughs> literally. So uh, yeah, that that I, I I every time they say Wicked, I just giggle a little bit. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of silly stuff, but at the same time, I like that the story is very focused. It's not about necessarily taking down Wicked. That's a side thing. It's more about rescuing Minho. Like the yeah. the story's driven by we need to get our friend and we need to get out of here. There's no like overarching story where it's like Thomas has to find out that. I mean, there's a whole ch- there's the chosen one stuff in there. Is like he's the one that can solve this kind of thing. But yeah, he's like kind, yeah, it's exactly. kind of cast aside, which I can appreciate. It's not yeah. about like it's not about how the destiny of this person is going to affect the entire world. It's a very personal kind of story that happens to be involved in a bigger world. That's paring it down a lot. There obviously there's, there's all these there's other, other elements to it. Yeah, so, yeah. And there's sure. one there's one big surprise midway through the film that I'm not going to talk about, but I certainly welcomed as far as characters we didn't know <laughs> yeah, were coming back. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I welcomed but, it too, and I was like, you know, I had forgotten what happened. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess we'll go with it. <laughs> but like, yeah, I yeah. think I I think what helps is that all the actors do a good job. They take right. it seriously enough, but they're still like like Giancarlo Esposito. He does not need to be here, nor does he need to kind of make this as fun as he is. He's, but he is. He's, oh, he's ha- a blast. He's, he's having so fun in this fun movie. movies. He also yeah. has like this paternal instinct that works for the characters he's involved with. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it. I, and I would say that about all the adult actors in this. Yeah, film. I was I think, like Patricia Clarkson. I was like, dude, she's a great character actress. And... Yeah, she's great in this. Yeah, Patricia he, Clarkson seems like the kind of person that could you could interchange in any one of these movies that have an evil corporation. Like you could easily say that she's in Divergent or in Hunger Games and be like, who, yeah, that's what, that. Who role. was the bad guy in Divergent? Was it Kate, um, Win- Kate, Kate, Winslet. Kate Winslet? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, we don't I, you know, we don't know I, who I the really real bad loved, guy is because the movie. Speaking is of Gian, not done. Giancarlo, I love yeah. the relationship between him and Rosa. It's just so sweet. So it works, so, it works well. Like it should. It, like, yeah. it's I, I can't tell you much about these characters, but from the film, it's like, all right, like, this works. For what it needs to do, it yeah. works. And right, right, I can yeah. say that about all of them. Like, all the actors in here are, they're committed to these parts. They're not anything new or all that fresh, but at right. the same time, yeah. I like what's being done here. And Dylan O'Brien's a good part of that as well. Like, he leads the series, yeah. does a good enough job of playing, like, the kind of bland lead character. He He brings something to that more than... You know, you generally see in some of these movies. Yeah, the dude—he's a charismatic guy, and yeah, he—he—he he, he can carry a film. He can really carry a film. Yeah, and you know, some of the ways that I watch some of these movies are by again facial emotions on the screen, how they're emoting, and it's like, yeah, it's great to see that these people can pretty much let some tears fly on cue, um, mm-hmm. especially that Teresa girl in the in the second one where she just turns over uh, the team and all of a sudden she's bawling her eyes out. But um, I agree with you that he's charismatic. And it, it's just that when when you had mentioned the whole entire heist sequence and with Rosa being there, sure, some of the physics don't make sense, but I'm with it. No. And it, there's... <laughs> like, very there's, little makes sense. Yeah, very little makes sense. But like you were saying, it feels like the action kind of builds and builds and builds to a degree where it becomes like, uh, I don't know how that happened. But uh, I could I, say this: I didn't. I didn't think there would be a swordfish reference at the end of this movie, but there we were. Uh, was there one? In the, with the bus, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, what I'm saying is like, okay, you know, th- basically this protected area gets overrun. I was like, how did this destruction happen so quickly? It's like, you know, wh- where was all this firepower in other forms? So it was very. It was kind of confusing because it, it just happens like that, but I was like, okay, well, you know, the movie's got to end somehow, and I'm pretty sure this is just 
the giant explosion sequence of the third act. So I'm okay with it, but I mean, I was more or less okay with that happening. It's like, all right, they got weapons somewhere, whatever. I don't need to see a backstory yeah. in the weapons. But I was more like, what? Are, what's the goal? That's kind of what my question kept. Like, what is the beyond? Let's take these people down. What's like? What's the next step here? Because like, well, the disease is still there. Like, I mean, right. there's yeah. Yeah. there are some interesting que- like the movie. Well, does there's some, a cure. They have a cure. That there's a cure, but like, it seems like the, the main people involved with said cure are very indifferent to the fact that they could do something about this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So that, yeah. I mean, and, and that's what I'm. Uh, I guess what I'm driving at is like the script isn't great, but the visuals no, are. Not. <laughs> and and the script is, is written much the same way. It, it's very generic, right? You know, nothing really matters mm-hmm. in terms of what they're saying because you know that it's just for either dramatic effect or it's just very, you know, empty. Because at one point, you know, uh, Aiden Gillian and Patricia Clarkson are talking in, in secret and they're just like, oh, you know, does she know? And I was like, does she know what? What's the reveal? And when it's revealed, it's like it's kind of swept under the rug. <laughs> it's, it's really just... Uh, one particular scene, and then you're just like, okay, well, I guess I could have figured that one out. And again, th- they're of no real consequence. I mean, even Barry Pepper has like these, for whatever reason, he's got these like uh, these monologues to large groups of audiences that don't really mean anything. Like one woman. Well, it's like, it's like very generic. Like we did this, and now this happened. Cheers. <laughs> and like, <laughs> Not, but even the first one was like even better when they they free some people, uh, and he's just like, you guys are free now. And don't worry, we're going to get on this big boat here and run away to an island where there's nobody there, so we're never going to get infected. And I was like, did we need this, this you know, father speech? Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the movie's two hours and 21 right. minutes. Like, there's a lot of, like, yep. we need to fill in some exposition somehow. And I, I do like, because, like, Barry Pepper, who I think is a good actor, and I wish had more chances to do more stuff, because he's certainly proven to be yeah, pretty versatile. Yeah, see him in Sure Grit. He's great. Well, what I like is that yeah, he's... He, depending on the role you know him for, you don't tend to know him for like guy that would lead and give big speeches unless you think <laughs> unless you think only of like Twenty Fifth Hour. Like that's the only thing I can think of that's that kind of does big he have, and does broad. Does he have a speech part in Twenty Fifth Hour? Well, he's the kind of braggadocious type of person that yeah, would give a he, big. He's speech. got a great office sequence there that I love showing to my friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why are you wearing a, like a yeah, striped tie with a striped tie. With a striped shirt? You look like a fucking optical illusion. Yeah, <laughs> so well, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's like, all right, I, I'm happy to see the Peps do something. Like that's fun. Like he's gonna the Peps. The Peps. You call yeah. them the Peps. The Peps. Right. So the Peps. But like, yeah, and you have like Walton Goggins here, who apparently just wants to the do Walt? anything these days. Well, the, yeah, the Walt is or there. The and... No, the Gogs. Well, well, the Gogs. Like, <laughs> Again, it goes to it goes to the kind of just the nature of them having to get the movie done is you you actually are given some sort of setup. And this is what I was talking about earlier. It's like oh the stakes are raised all the time because they first meet Walton Goggins and then they're saying okay you know we can get you more of this thing to keep you alive and then later he's just like no nah, I'm done <laughs> I'm done like, yep. I'm done with the movie so you know this is this is my exit and it's like what about what about your 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 blue juice that you need? <laughs> so nothing is of consequence. What you're saying, Aaron, is absolutely correct. It's really focused on the team and how they're how they're going to save Minho, which I do appreciate a lot because mm-hmm. you know it's it's just uh, it becomes like this brotherhood type of movie because of what happened in the first one, and that's really all that matters. And everything else is kind of just uh, inconsequential because that's what they're driving at at the end of the movie. It's I, unfortunate that I didn't really remember like what Albie did. I remember that he was like their leader of some kind, but I, I don't remember if there was like a, some sort of like 
treacherous thing that happened, but yeah, there's there's a couple names and there's like what like there was one kid who I remember Chuck. like he dies in Chuck. Yeah, yeah. He, and, and I think he and, dies and at, like he was like a kid or something like that. Yeah, but oh yeah, no, yeah, he he, he dies when the uh, when uh, Lucy won't keep the football there and he like goes yeah. whining. I remember that. That's that's <laughs> terrible. He, I think he dies like I think last in the first movie, so it's like kind of sad. But like yeah, like you're saying, Abe, I don't have like a strong memory of it. But that's it. What I want to get to is you talk about Minho. Mean ho. Mean there's ho. a different version. There's a different version of this movie where Thomas could have been the one captured to make it like more, M- more you know, focused heavy. on him. Yeah, you know, to make it more focused. Like, you can see like that same like for example like Johnny Depp dying at the end of the second Pirates. It's like you can see that kind of thing out where you, can, where you take the lead star away and like the rest have to rescue him. Yeah. Um, but I like that it's Mino. I just wish the movie because I re- I think that stuff's interesting. The stuff they're doing to the experiments they're doing on them because it recalls the first couple movies where they're like in the maze and the big monsters chasing them right. or just in random action sequences. I wish we could have seen less of like you know exposition involving this dystopian resistance army and more of like what's going on with Minho because by the time you meet him again, like the other characters meet him again, it it's like this really like he's like hulking out. He's like fighting other people. He's really angry. It's like. Yeah, that's, I, I like this stuff. This is neat to see like this character's kind of trajectory in all of this. Like yeah. it's it's something. It's something compared to romances that don't really happen, which is actually I kind of add, which, which, like which as well. Which I think we it's appreciated not, from. It doesn't the first get bogged one. down in like yeah. ro- like love triangles or anything like that. Like, it's I just, guess like that's, yeah, it's that's a, the best thing you can say about these movies is it's the cast. I mean, the cast makes them work, and yeah. the director does a good enough job keeping it interesting. Well, yeah, really I, I agree with you on the cast because I was like, oh, man, that guy's in an unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I do care about what's happening with him. What what I like is that it's fairly stripped down. Where I think Wait, who one... was in uh, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Mean-ho. Which one was? Mean-ho, Mean-ho was in Unbreakable. Oh, my God. Yeah, he yeah, was. He plays, uh, oh, he plays the foreign exchange student. Yeah, he's that hilarious. That has to marry that, that old lady. Yeah, and he really loves Kimmy Schmidt. He does oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my God. What, so what I like about this compared to Scorch Trials is that movie. Hey, we're talking about Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> It um, you know, it it got where the first movie was so like straightforward is like let's just be in this maze, no other conspiracies. The second one's like let's bog it down with conspiracies and all yeah, the things you yeah. see in these other movies. This one, it still has that, but like I said, it's that focus. I think it's the focus of like we need to rescue our friend and then we'll go from there. And yeah. I'm not too hung up on the. I'm sure fans of the books or what, and I've read the kind of summaries of the books, and this is very different oh, <laughs> from what I've read. Interesting. Uh, not like oh. not wildly different, but it's certainly different from what the books were presenting, and it seems like this might be better than that. Um, not to okay. disrespect, but T.S. Well, T.S. Are Nolan. there two other movie, two other books, James but Daffer. technically pre the prequels, correct? Yeah, there's like a lot of. I think there are like five total books. Yeah. There are, yeah, there are two prequels, yes. Oh, prequels. I wonder if that, well, depending on how much this makes, I'm sure they'll get made. Well, we'll see. I mean, the International will probably be much bigger. Oh, yeah. This, this film opened to $23 million, which is down from the last couple, but you can kind of expect that from a January release of a movie that's two, like over two yeah. years. I mean, two it's, it's of, International shows it at 82, so a total of 105. Yeah, it's already... It's a, yeah, International's always it's been... Up, yeah. yeah, so it's exactly. made back its budget and some marketing stuff. But um, we'll see. It, it will make it back. But yeah, I mean, oh, for sure. For but regardless, sure. I mean, what I'm taking away is that the movie does much better than I, th- I think it could have um, just by having some solid direction and good acting. But especially the I think bald. I think the direction. I, yeah, I think his what he cut like, I'm, you know, they announced was it um, the two guys that wrote like the vacation movie and like did some Spider-Man screenwriting for the Flash movies. Oh, like, you're talking about uh, wait, Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah, oh, um, the, uh, John Francis. Um, yeah, John Francis Daly. Daly and his writing partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they were like, they're like, the, they're the directors on The Flash now. And it's like, Wes Ball seems like, I mean, he's this movie's literally The Maze Runner. Seems like he could have been done, doing The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> like that would have been. But uh, regardless, what I'm saying is he, I, I look forward to seeing what he does next because I do think he has some action talent that I don't tend to see these days with so many rapidly edited action movies. So it's Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's true. That's that's true. Cool too. Any yeah. final thoughts on the Death Gear? No. Uh, not really. Yeah, no, no real, no real closing. I, I think we, I think this is the most I've ever talked about Maze Runner in, in you know my entire life. So yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I think we're good. Well, when should, <laughs> when should people go and see this movie? Uh, I'd say I'd say you could, you could watch it at Dollar I mean, you don't have to rush out right away. If you're a fan of it, you're going to see it right away. But you know, I think it's worth acknowledging West Ball's work and also the cast's work here. Uh, so give them some money in the in the theater. How about you, Jimmy? Uh, I mean, yeah, if you're if you're a fan, if you're one of the fans, I would be like, obviously, you're going to go see it opening night or whatever opening weekend um, for for the average audience. I'd say, yeah, sure. Uh, bargain matinee. I mean, okay. Yeah, sure. I would, I would basically agree. Obviously, fans would see this movie. And I think given the spectacle of it, because it does get pretty big and broad as far as the action goes in the third act let alone i mean the first i mean that first chase sequence is pretty awesome so i mean yeah it's it's a lot of fun there's a good there's a good like big screen experience that's worthwhile seeing so yeah yeah that's the maze runner the death cure let's uh let's move on now guys let's get to some out now feedback 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 Here's where I go over some of the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions for you, the listener, and you gave us answers. Then you asked us some questions that we'll get to. So, also I'm starting this one off. Um, what is your favorite third chapter in a film trilogy? Tyler writes, raise his hand slowly. The Last Crusade is the best Indiana Jones movie. Duck's head. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a bold statement. Uh, Renee writes, I don't think there is a trilogy where the third part is my favorite, but some of my favorite third chapters are Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and Return of the Jedi, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, Chris writes, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, starring Antonio Banderas of Security, and Day of the Dead. Uh, Jay writes, Toy Story 3 is utter perfection. Uh, Let's see, Philip writes, Return of the King. Christine writes, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And Richard writes, Army of Darkness. I guess there are two ways to take that question. Just in general, good third chapters of movies, and also like, is there is there a movie series that has the third chapter as the best one? No, I mean technically, Return of the King was the one that you know swept the Oscars pretty much. So I guess you could say that did fairly well. I mean, in Safe the eyes of, the eyes of many, yes. I yeah, I I loved I would love Return of the King. So that would that would that, I would I would agree with that and Toy Story three for sure, for sure. I mean, good, the bad, the ugly, I guess, would be a... Oh, yeah, for yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good answer, I think, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of other... Who's not that? Halloween 3, though. That, I don't, I don't think I'd put that. It's not, it's not the best. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's grown on me through the years, so, but it, it's not yet. It's not my favorite. Although Friday the 13th Part 3 is awesome. Is that... I'm trying to, which one is that? What? That's the one with the... Guy, that's the, like, that's the, 3D. Yeah, oh. the David Kimmel one, and the, the the guy gets his head squashed, and the eyeball pops out. That's awesome. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. I'm in trying the, to think of in the that, like the trilogy. Would you would you say Jedi Aaron or no? Because you're definitely no. more of a Star Wars fan. I mean, I, I mean, I'm Empire. I mean, Empire is the, yeah. Empire is the best. Of I mean, Star Wars. They're, they they're all they're all they're, favorite movies of mine. So I mean, it's not like much that's splitting the difference there. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's but um other. I think of ones where the third chapter specifically is the best one. Yeah. That, that's, that's certainly rarer. I mean, Goldfinger of the Bond movies. Like. Rarer. It's like 
where the third one is, it's, it's usually like the second one because it's like Terminator. Yeah, we're not saying Terminator Three is the best one. I don't think that's. Yeah. Oh God, no! No one's saying that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's saying that. I know a lot of people well, do argue for Army of Darkness over the others, although Evil Dead Two is easily my favorite of that. Series. Yeah, Evil Dead Two. Yeah. Yeah. Evil Dead. That's Two's a comedy fun. one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can say they're all comedy ones. All <laughs> no, no, actually, no, you can't. The first one's taken pretty seriously. The first one's the taken first one seriously, is but a horror. Still, I mean, I don't watch it. I mean, in the right mood, I can watch it and trying to have an intent of being having a scary night but at the same time i can also watch him being like well those bookshelves are really strong on bruce campbell like <laughs> yeah yeah but it was it wasn't meant to be funny that one of was course yeah it wasn't meant to be out. funny and i think the right audience appreciates both the scariness and the inherent humor that yeah, sam Raimi sure, knows for as well sure. right yeah absolutely Eric, what do you guys think about the matrix trilogy is the third one no okay i mean if you know that i champion you, the you love the matrix and yeah and you champion it uh, and i've grown it's grown on me through the years I'm not even a fan of the Matrix one. Hmm, okay. So yeah, that one doesn't work. That one doesn't really, yeah. you know, excite me. Let's move on to our next question. Next question is: What is your favorite film involving a mysterious disease? Friend of the show, Jim Dietz has the Andromeda Strain or Children of Men. Who? Uh, Jana. Jana writes Outbreak. Chris has Twenty Eight Days Later. Nathan has Safe. Uh, Julian Moore killed it. Oh yeah, that was good. Lastly, that was a good movie. Bill has Children of Men. So, those are all really good answers for mysterious diseases. Mm-hmm. Although for uh, the out- outbreak, they find a cure. <laughs> so. Mine's pretty simple. It's Twelve Monkeys. Oh, Twelve no. Monkeys. Time travel. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. I know, that's a hard one to think of. I well, does Dawn of the Dead count? Sure, that's a mysterious count. disease. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people I, are turning into zombies. That's not normal. Yeah, I'll there's no reason it. why. That sounds pretty mysterious to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, go, I'm going there. I can change my answer, but I'm still sticking to Twelve Monkeys. Just to shout it out. I like it. I'll go with Dawn of the Dead. Right. Next up, favorite films involving an elaborate heist. Jordan Rath, friend of the show, writes fits in with your poll this week. Inception, a heist of one's mind. Uh oh. Mm. Chris, Chris writes, Ah, this is impossible. We'll have to go with the most viewed: Ronin, Ocean's Eleven, or Jackie Brown. Uh, no Ray saying Hurricane Heist yet? No, <laughs> if really, if really we did this a few that. months from now. <laughs> Dang, I bet, yeah, it's going to be huge. Renee writes Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, Jim writes my answer. Jim Dees, friend of the show, writes my answer. Rafifi. Mm. Philip writes Logan Lucky. Uh, still great, by the way. Really enjoy Logan Lucky. Uh, speaking of Soderbergh, for that matter. Uh, and John writes Italian Job every time. Every time. I assume he, I assume he means the Michael Caine version. No, he's talking about Mark Wahlberg. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are some good ones. I mean, uh, I'd add in uh, Small Time Crooks. Um, small Time Crooks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I do like Ocean's Eleven. Did, did, someone, did we say, fa- I mean, technically Fast Five is a... Fast Five does have an elaborate heist? Yeah. That is, like that. That is like a good that one. Movie. I'm surprised. Fast Five's still uh, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I'm surprised by that one, so... Great music. Yeah. Great music. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next one here. Favorite films where a bunch of kids or teenagers must save the day. Chris writes, uh, yes, attack the block. And I agree. There you go. Dennis says, attack the block. Phil yeah. has, your name. Yeah. And Jim has, yeah. hook. <laughs> Which Aaron really had a hard time. I didn't say it. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I, I know, but uh, I don't know if Jim's teasing me or if Jim's just a really big Hook fan. <laughs> Jim, if you're if you're a Hook fan, so am I. 
I'm uh, not I, a Hook see, fan at all. I could care less about see, Hook. So. Seeing Attack the Block twice on there made me smile, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, seeing your name on there, my second favorite movie from last year, yeah, fantastic. Oh. Uh, and, yeah, given... If you don't know where that movie goes, that is very much an answer to this question, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, next question is, favorite-looking Western, the one you consider to have the best cinematography? This was in uh, relation to... Uh, to Hostiles, Hostiles, which also yeah. the uh, the Christian Bale, Scott Cooper, uh, their second collaboration they did out of the furnace together as well. Uh, which anybody, did either of you see Hostiles, by the way? Not yet. Not yet, no. Okay. I, I think it's fine. I, it's certainly There's a lot of good stuff in it. Bale's very good in it. Whatever Cooper's doing with Bale, because I think out of the furnace is an okay movie with a fantastic male performance. Like, whatever he's doing with him, they seem to work well together, which is, I guess, why they work together again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story from... It's kind of episodic, um, how the story works, and the theme of the movie is very simple and something I've seen before, and there's not much done with it, so it's ultimately why I don't think it. I don't think of it higher. But, I mean, there's good acting all around. It looks... It's a great-looking Western film. Uh, you mm-hmm. get these great kind of vistas and what have you. So it's like there's a lot to see. There's a lot to recommend there. I just ultimate. It's not one that's like on my top ten list, but I certainly recommend the movie. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, answers this question. Uh, favorite best cinematography in westerns. Christine writes, "Once upon a time in the West has pretty good cinematography, but the answer is Tombstone. Mm-hmm. The answer to any western is always Tombstone." <laughs> uh, Chris. Uh, Chris writes, "Not my favorite, but going by cinematography, The Revenant was amazing." Hmm. Oh, uh, cinematography westerns. You gotta go with Assassination of Jesse James. Philip writes the assassination of Jesse yeah. Howard Robert Ford. Ooh, good guy, good guy. George writes three ten to Yuma, the Bale Crow vehicle. Okay, so that the, the remake, mm-hmm. um, in contention with Serenity for my favorite. Young Guns, yeah, come yeah. on, what about Young Guns? Yeah. Young I, Guns I, for cinematography. And, uh, and guns lastly, too, Gary sorry. writes the Searchers. The Searchers. Uh, well, but, yeah. yeah, but what about Young Guns too? <laughs> many, still, still many John Ford, many John Ford films are going to win this, pretty much, no doubt. But yeah, The Searchers is certainly a fantastic. Aaron, mistake. why are you just completely dismissing Young Guns too? Right? I'm, I'm offended. <laughs> he's he's, like not, he's not a Charlie Sheen fan. He was glad that Charlie Sheen died in Young Guns pretty early. Uh, yeah, see, yeah. Deacons, of course, with the assassination Deacons, of Jesse James yeah, that, is a fan, that, that, yeah. that's a that's a well shot movie. That's yeah. that would probably be my favorite right there. I love that film. I really love that film. I mean, you got Leone with a couple of the. I mean, good. I mean, the good, the bad, the ugly is another one that I think that's oh, amazing. Oh, fantastic! Tay Leone, Sergio Leone. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Tay Leone is really Ta- great. Yeah, She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, next question here: What are your thoughts on Oscar nominations? As we were talking about earlier, Jay writes: Where in the name is the Danish? Or, sorry, Jay writes: Where in the name of all that is Danish? Is the Lego Batman movie the single best film of 2017? Where? Answer me. I would I would agree with over Boss Baby. Hell yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Boss we'll Baby was keep... garbage. We'll, we'll get to this. We'll keep talking about this. But Richard keep going. Richard writes Lego movies matter. Hashtag LMM, which would be laugh. <laughs> Lego movie. Uh, yeah. Phil has for the love of Pete, just give Roger Deakins his doggone Academy Award already. Yes. Jerry has go for Del Toro, and Cynthia has I want Guillermo Del Toro to win Best Director. And lastly, mm-hmm. Nathan has I Tanya should have gotten more recognition in my opinion. Underrated. Now feel free mm. to divulge and spill all your I mean, feelings. So my thoughts on, on the whole are that I'm not really dissatisfied with many of the Oscar nominations. I besides agree. Some, yeah. like some minor things. So yes, because of that, the Lego movie, by, the Lego Batman movie, by default becomes my least favorite like omission. Because it's like yeah. okay. Why is the boss baby here? The Oscars just don't seem to like Legos, and they didn't nominate the yeah. Lego movie either, which, which was, was one of the best-reviewed movie. movies of the year, Like, yeah. which is insane to me, how that movie got looked over. 
Uh, I don't get the lack of Wonder Woman. I think that was ridiculous. I think there, if was, you're gonna, I, I did find that strange. That was ridiculous. It should have gotten at least a few. Not, I think Patty Jenkins should have gotten a nomination. I'm sorry, 100. percent I think she should have gotten a nomination. I think of others because I wrote a whole thing on my Denzel blog Washington about for Robin J. Esquire. That was. No. No one that's cares not, about that movie. That's not a surprise to me because people like Denzel. I, well, it's, I mean, it's more of a surprise than, I guess, some of the other possible Best Actor nominations. But at the same sure. time, yeah. Denzel's got not This is his ninth nomination. The acting well, voice like, like Denzel Washington. Like, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not I, 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 I don't disagree. He's, he's, all, like, he's don't, almost like Meryl Streep. If Meryl Streep's in the movie, well, Meryl she'll Streep get nominated. Well, Meryl Streep did a great job this year, though. Yeah, this this is a one time that she. Although I mean, yeah, she. This is one she actually deserves. That this is that, that. That's what I've been saying. Keep like, in mind, I, did I, she get nominated for Mama Mia or something? Like that? Did she really? <laughs> for, no, for no, for in, in, Into the Woods, she was nominated. Yeah, that's it. That's well, it, you yeah. know, she's a great. She she plays a really great witch. I guess. <laughs> but no, like yeah, no. De- I mean, I mean, I like. I'm a fan of Roman J. Israel. I like that movie. At the same time, I did bomb, and it didn't get great reviews. Right. That said, Denzel's consistently great in things. I sure. Mean, yeah, I I, again, I don't disagree. <laughs> I mean, he was great in uh, Flight, right? I mean, so... Uh, no, that was terrible. Another movie that people didn't really uh, go out and see. <laughs> neither of us are Flight fans, Abe. So I know, <laughs> I'm just saying. But uh, whatchamacallit, uh, what about um, uh, All the Money in the World with... Uh, yeah, I mean... That's there... just a weird... No, I don't know. It's no. not one that I needed to see happen as far as that nomination. I do think Christopher Palmer is very good, but it just kind of... That's that seems more like Oscars rubbing it in the face of Kevin Spacey, honestly. Where it's oh, like, man. like Ridley Scott came out of the blue, did this, did the whole reshooting thing, and made it happen, and got him an Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> and then well, Palmer's uh, not bad. Yeah. So one of the other things that I've been seeing a lot is people are saying, oh, well, Michael Stuhlbarg should have been nominated for Coming by Your Name for Best Supporting. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm not he's sure fantastic. how I feel about that just yet. I mean, he's fantastic in the movie, but aside from Aside from his his thing at the end, there is like, was there other? Was there, I don't know. So yeah, I, it just he's. So okay, I mean, the given the way. amount of praise the performance has received, I mean, it's certainly true. something that could have been expected. That said, the supporting categories are always pretty. It's, you know, it's tough. There's a lot of competition yeah, there. Yeah, it's. I would say hard. the the best actor field, in addition to some of the, I mean, Daniel Kaluuya, I'm very happy that he got a nomination for Get Out. Like, it's a it's a great performance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the for best. I don't. I don't know. I I'm, I like it out a lot, but I, I think it's a bit overrated. <laughs> Frankly, I I don't get the love for that movie. I, I think it's really well done, but I I thought it was fairly predictable. But I didn't. I didn't love it. I, love I think it. there's more there than story. I think that's where the love comes from. I, uh, yeah. It's, well, look, look. The the Oscars. I, it's harder for me to get excited about the Oscars nowadays because it's just it's purely political. It's purely. You know, and it doesn't really. That's, not, movie, that's not new. Like it's always. Yeah, no, it's not new, and it's just, that's why I haven't watched it for several years. I, I don't watch the Oscars. I just don't. I have no interest, and yeah. I. It's always cool to see a movie you love get. You know, I love Shape of Water. It's my favorite film of last year, and I'm happy to see it get love. Uh, but it, you know, wh- whether it wins or not, I don't know. It doesn't change my love for the movie, and I, I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm kind of burnt out on the whole. Ooh, let's see who we can award for the you know this movie or that movie. I just I don't know. It's a it's, it's a fair it's a fair enough understanding. I what I like because I I have no qualms on the Oscars regardless of what they mean to me as far as the movies I already like or what have you. But what sure. I can appreciate about this year's 
in specifically and you know past years as well is that there's a lot of genre movie representation here i mean That's logan has a best screen, logan has a best screenplay nomination although but you no, could logan argue that patrick stewart could have gotten more than yeah, that though patrick, patrick stewart, stewart best come supporting. on yeah come on but yeah, it could have got it also could have gotten nothing i mean so very true it, because the academy well, is very like anti-catholic would, movie yeah, I, I mean that is that's the one reason I was happy Get Out did get nominated because it is genre, and I'm well, happy that's, that's to see genre. Not, 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 not trying like to one or two categories in big categories, director. Writing, but I, actor, I would, yeah. I mean, I would actually rather I would love to see that girl from It get nomination. She was fantastic, I, or, or the girl from Logan get nomination. She, what, she was what I'm also saying, fantastic. What I'm saying, though, regardless of specific nominations, is that there is a lot of genre movie appreciation here. There's a lot of I know, there's a lot of Oscars, for not just though. for not just like smaller random prestige films, but small smaller movies that otherwise don't much tend to get much or things outside of like in spirit war spirit war nominations or critics mm-hmm. guilds and stuff i mean so Aaron, seeing just, call like, me, just call me by your name so seeing <laughs> things like get out or ladybird or yeah. or you know any number of other films that are quote-unquote cooler the big than, sick you know, they're, they're big sick yeah also, i mean that, that's a lot of things you don't tend to see as often so it is that is part of the satisfaction of seeing you know some of these nominations this year mm-hmm. well let's move into questions then yeah. All right. Uh, first question here is from Alessandro. He writes, is there a YA series of novels you wish had been adapted to the cinema format but wasn't? I'll let you, no. you guys go in a second. I don't, I don't have one specifically. I don't read any YA but, novels, so I have no idea. <laughs> I don't have one specifically. That said, I've only been like the, – the one of the few like actual series that I've read, not just like one or two that I've read, is the, the Chronicles of Narnia, and I wish they were better. <laughs> I heard that oh, those, those movies are terrible. Though, right? They, well, yeah, because I, I, no, I because the Voyage of the Dawn Treader is my favorite book in that series, and actually that's my favorite adaptation of that series. But yeah. I do wish you know those films as a whole was and like their final was it? Who's uh, Joe Johnston's doing the next one, The Silver Chair, as like his last Joe film? Joe Johnston, really? Yeah, Joe Johnston. That's as like his last it's, film. It's he's saying he's going to retire oh, after that. Oh no, so. Joe! Say it ain't Joe, Joe. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't like like what Jimmy had said. I don't really have a great answer for this, mostly because I don't really read that genre i mean stuff that i've read in in my upbringing in my young adult life has pretty much been adapted done for movies right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. so whether that's the indian in the cupboard which only had one in its film series rather than all three um or well, after after jumanji i'm sure they're going to gear up the the, rev- the revitalization of oh, indian the cupboard and uh, some of the other ones yeah but you know they, they apparently they, they did make a western game movie which i was kind of bummed to see I didn't watch the movie, but I was like, oh, well, this is a really good book, and I don't think the movie's going to live up to how good the book is. So, Well, that leads us into our next question. Tyler asks, do you think that YA novels, or I'm sorry, do you think YA movies are done as a fad now? Um, I don't think so. I, think I don't think so. I Well, I think, well, I mean, it's always been a thing regardless, even if, the, you know, the genre wasn't necessarily called YA back in, you know, the, like in the outsiders came out it wasn't like francis for was doing a ya movie it's right. just no he's doing a new movie uh yeah. like it's more it's gotten certainly more of a name i think the specific genre of dystopian future sci-fi ya is certainly on a downturn that said that peter jackson's one the mortal the immortal that he's producing the mortal engines that'll be a test i think if this kind of specific sect of the genre like the kind of ya young adult sci-fi movies if that's going to we'll keep building continue, yeah. I, I think that that'll be that'll be a test of the strength well, of that like, i always think that because they have such liberties to do whether that's magic like harry potter or you know again dystopia futures like maze runner and all these other ones it's like there's always there's so much i guess there's so many young readers out there and that's a really big box office draw 
is those well, young young. Well, I think I think more than box office though, it's TV series. That's what you're going to see more of. If there's more books like this to adapt, yeah, I agree with that. I think TV's way. I mean, was it that Mortal Engines one I mentioned? That one bombed in theaters, but they made a show on what is it, Freeform or whatever that's still going. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. and that makes I mean honestly that makes more sense if you're going to see like a giant adaptation of something and you can't guarantee eight movies in the same way you can with Harry Potter. TV is the best way to explore characters that fans of these book series would probably want to see. Yeah, exactly. And I've never read the Divergent series, but I'll never know how it ends. <laughs> it's, unless you yeah, go on that, quick, that Wikipedia summary. Would probably oh, do... I guess I could do that. I guess I could do that. <laughs> yeah, if you actually cared enough to look into it. I, right. I, I don't think uh, yeah, yeah, I do look into it. <laughs> uh, our last question here is from Philip. He writes, what do you think of the idea for a new award given to the year's best performance chosen from male and female leads and supporting? It would be a little redundant and inevitably a double dip for the winner, but I'd like to see recognition for those who stood out above all the rest. Am I crazy? So he's asking, should there be a single award for just the best performance in general, regardless of the lead, regardless no, of the supporting, regardless no, of gender? No, I, I, no that's no. just superfluous, and, and no, there's no, no point in that. That's that's more ego-boosting than anything. Yeah, they, the Oscars are already ego-boosting to, to the max, so we don't need any more of that crap. I, I see what the point he's trying to make is, just like, what, is, what if he just single out? The only thing I'd like to see is, like, a best, if they're not going to take them seriously for... You know, best actors or best actresses. I would love to see like a like award for it too, so Andy Serkis can finally get an award. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. You know, maybe best mocap performance or something like that. That's the only other award like Quite performance honestly, I would he like to see. Could have been nominated for like best best actor. He Fox, have, put him, he, Fox he had him in there. They put a campaign out. They tried. Yeah. yeah. So they tried because for three movies, and again, people are like, "Oh, that's all just like green screen." It's like. No, man, he's got a whole bunch of dots on him. He's acting the whole movie out. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a fantastic I, performance. I, him and Doug Jones this year. I, I, I think there's there's two things I could say about that kind of thing with mocap. One is that th- things take time. I mean, yeah. it, it's relatively new in the scheme of film having performances that are completely mocap, motion captured. And if it's going to catch up, it's not going to happen right away. Also, people know. With Andy Serkis, like regardless of what awards he gathers, and that'd be great if he gathered them for whatever he's doing, and he has in other areas that aren't Oscars. But people are very well aware of the talent that Andy Serkis has. Yeah, I think that's what people forget. It's like for years, how how long have we been waiting for Gary Oldman to get an Oscar, and he might probably will this year. No one doesn't think he's not a good actor because he no, not because the Oscar doesn't make automatically make you a good actor. It just doesn't. It doesn't do anything. It just makes maybe gives you a little more chances and maybe maybe gives you a little bit of bump in the paycheck. That's really all the Oscars yeah. do. Agreed. That's feedback. Feedback, feedback. Feedback. Let's uh let's move on now. What um what what time is it? Aaron, here? I think it's time for Jimmy and I to compete in a game. Games, games, games. Let a known fact, if you had played that, that would have opened up the vault in Death Cure. Oh my gosh! You got that one. Yep. <laughs> it's true. It's you find true. the words there. They, yeah, yeah. I had to think about the title of the movie. <laughs> All right, I have a game for you guys. Yep. Okay. It is called Trapped in a Maze, Wrapped in an Enigma. What? Okay. Trapped in a Maze, Wrapped in an Enigma. Okay. How do you play? This is a game where I'm. It's a tagline-based game because okay. you know I love the taglines. I'm going to read taglines from films that are all involved in some kind of mystery or conspiracy or some kind of mind puzzler. And you have okay. to guess what the film is. That's, so that's like the, the genre I'm going for with these answers. Got it. If, okay. If you think you know the answer, yell out your name and then the answer. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, here's the first one. They're all taglines. Okay. Some memories are best forgotten. These are all dystopian future movies? Nope. I said they're all mind bender puzzly movies. Uh, some, some might be dystopian futures. Okay. Well, oh, 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 Jimmy. Jimmy? Memento. Memento ah! is the correct answer. Okay. Here's the next one. The future is history. Um, There's a second tagline. Oh, Abe. Yeah? Oh, no. Now I'm thinking of two movies. <laughs> uh, 12 um, Monkeys. It, it is 12 Monkeys. Yes! Oh, good. <laughs> At first I was like, it's it's Looper. And I was like, no, it's not Looper. <laughs> so I was like, oh, let's just guess. 12 Monkeys. There They're you go. They're both on the board. <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping track of my fingers. All right. So, cool. <laughs> okay. Here's the next one. Would you erase me? Oh, I do know this one. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, Jimmy, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That is correct. Oh, wow. Yeah, Sunshine I love that movie so much. Here's the next one. Your mind is the scene of the crime. Abe. Abe? Inception. Inception is the correct answer. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Here's the next one. What happens if it actually works? Uh, Abe. Abe? Primer? Primer yes! is the correct answer. There you go. Starring Aaron and Abe. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's the characters' that's the character's names. names. <laughs> Here's the next one. Why are they here? Why are oh, they here? Uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Jimmy. Arrival. Jimmy? Arrival uh, is the correct answer. Right, 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 right. You guys are tied right now. This is dangerous. Wow. It's a close game. Here's the next one. Wow. They stole his mind. Now he wants it back. Oh, uh, uh, oh shoot, um, I don't want to call my name, uh, uh, uh yeah, 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 Jimmy, Total Recall. Yeah, total Recall oh! is the correct answer. Okay. Here's the next, guys, so I rewatched Total Recall pretty recently. There's a lot of, I mean, that movie still holds up really well, um, there's so many great things I, that I, Robert created. I didn't realize created. you liked uh, Colin Farrell that much. Yeah, we don't talk about movie. that one. But there's one thing I never noticed until this recent, most recent time I watched it. This the scene where he takes where Arnold takes off the head of the woman and like it uh-huh. kind of cascades out and then it like and then it closes back in to make the head again. When he takes the head off and you see Arnold, it's a fake Arnold underneath. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think it, I, I think I did notice that. It's this like it's like it's not only is the head like a, an elaborate like thing, it's a fake Arnold head underneath the woman's head. <laughs> Yep, I didn't even know that. <laughs> it's like it's just that's how great the model work is in that movie. Well, that, that, and like, like, I, that, that goes to show you like all the practical effects that were like in the eighties movies and stuff like that. So, well, it's like uh, that was like the peak right there because that's when like that kind of stuff was going out and CG was being brought in yeah. in its primitive form. And so it's like you get these because you're at the best part of this generation of practical model work. And it's like yeah. my god, it's really well done. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, next one. Make every second count. Oh, uh, Abe. Abe. Make every second. Count. I, 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 uh, I know it. Um, <laughs> I don't know the Justin Timberlake movie. No, Jimmy. Not, Jimmy. Jimmy. Source code. Source code. Ah! Is yeah. Jimmy is ahead I love by that two movie. now. Okay, three more. I'm... Don't look <laughs> for a reason. Look for a way out. Um, oh, 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 o
Cube is correct. Wow, Jimmy, Cube. good job. I was like, I don't even... <laughs> I actually dig that movie just because of the, the way that, it treats autism. Uh, Jennifer... Nobody. I, There's nobody no, in that nobody. movie. <laughs> the, the only one that was in it was uh, David Hewlett, who was okay. uh, like a... He's character actor. He was in the Stargate series. He's done a lot of stuff. Gotcha. So. All right. Two more. Okay. You don't play it. It plays you. Oh. Oh, uh, oh, well, oh, it's uh, the, 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 Abe. Jimmy. Abe? Oh. Jumanji. Incorrect. <laughs> yeah, the, no, it's Michael Douglas, the game. Oh! Yeah, it is the game, yes. Yeah. Jumanji's a good guess. Nah, <laughs> I was probably... like, it, it wasn't, I knew it wasn't Jumanji, just, I just wanted to interrupt Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> good luck he's with on that. A, he's on a, he's gonna, he's running away with this game right now. <laughs> he, well, yeah, he's about to win, but here's the last one. Someone is missing. That's the tagline? There's another tagline. It's, some places never let you go. Someone is missing. Oh, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy? I think. I, I may be wrong. Shutter Island? Shutter Island. Oh, wow. Jimmy, you know your taglines. Jimmy! <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, the night he came home, man, I, I love that crap. <laughs> well, Jimmy, you ran away with this game was this that, week. Was that uh, for the Santa Claus, Jimmy? Huh? That was for the Santa Claus with Tim Allen the night he came home. Yeah, the, the night he okay. came home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you won this game. Good Congratulations, job. Jimmy. Thank you. All right, all right. <laughs> let's move on now. Let's go. Let's start wrapping things up here. Uh, let's get to out now. Presenters out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Uh, first up, we have Last Flag Flying. This is the Richard Linklater film. Heard that it was really good, good movie. Yeah. Really good movie. And good performances, for sure. Oh, yeah. Lovely film. Uh, next up, Boo 2! Exclamation point on the Dia Halloween. This was bad oh, even for Tyler Perry standards. Like, Tyler Perry it feels is like, cash-grabbing right now. Well, it feels like it should be called Boo a Medea Halloween 2. Like, that's my biggest gripe. Grammar. That just doesn't make any sense. More like My syntax. biggest gripe was that, that it was made at all. Mm. That's my biggest gripe, yeah. Makes sense. Next up is Loving Vincent. This is the Oscar nominated anime. We talked about it off-air last week. Yeah, that we <laughs> all really want to see it. Yeah, yeah, we want to see it. <laughs> yeah. That was terrible. It was it? No, I didn't say it. Oh, you didn't say it. <laughs> Jimmy! <laughs> Uh, let's see. Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Oh, that's um, cute. I heard, I I heard that. mixed things about that. Like, mixed positive. Jimmy, you might know this one. Yeah. Class of 1999. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's a movie. Hmm. Uh, Stacy Keach, I believe, is in that one, right? Stacey yeah, it's Keech. like, you know, one of those futuristic, like, uh, like uh, revenge high school type thing. That's awesome. Awesome yeah. to play. And let's see, on uh, lastly, on Criterion this week, West Front 1918 and Kamra de These are both uh, Pabst films. Oh, cool. Old Pabst films from, like, God, that's got to be the 20s, if not 30s. Pabst Blue Ribbon? Yeah, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Dennis Dennis Hopper directed both of these. It's great. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now let's move on to Extremely Cool. These are things that are coming out on streaming on Netflix and Prime this week. I noticed this on Prime, and it made me laugh, so I had to mention it. Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, comes on Amazon Prime this week. Sure. Woo-hoo. <laughs> and uh, let's see, on Netflix, you have uh, Cars 3 is coming out on Netflix. Wait, wait, don't forget, on on, on Prime, you can watch, uh, you know, Mad Men. Mad Men. Okay. Mad Men Mars. Yeah. So there you go. Cars 3, and best a, of the series. Also on Netflix yeah. is A Futile <laughs> and Stupid Gesture. 
which is it's a David Wayne film going over like the the history like a comedic version of the history of National Lampoon's magazine. It's Barrels and Cars three, which I've not watched yet. It has it has Donald Gleason though. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Among okay. many other funny people, I'm sure. This is yeah. David Wayne films. There probably is plenty of people. Yeah. Um. Let's see. That's extremely cool. Next week, I don't know, Abe. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's there's. there's, there's uh... It's Super Bowl weekend, which tends to mean there's not much coming out in theaters. The one movie that's coming out is Winchester, um, which it's, I haven't I'm, I'm got any screenings. Jimmy, are there screenings for Winchester? I haven't seen it. I mean, I, we were we were going to do the we didn't do the junket, so we we decided not to. Um, I don't know. I don't. I I want to see it because I love the history of that house. Obviously, it's. Gonna be I've been I've different. been to that house in San. Oh Jose. yeah, me too. It's awesome. Yeah. So. I and I, I like the directors. I think they're yeah the Spirit Brothers. Spirit yeah. Brothers have done a lot of great stuff. So I, it does seem to be. I, I'm not hearing good things, but I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I'm I'm going to give it a chance for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll probably end up seeing it, but I think if anything, Abe, we'll try to do like maybe a Sundance show and get a couple of guests on that yeah, went to Sundance. Or, or maybe like that. a small Paddington two review as well. Um, oh, yeah, we get, yeah, we get some, some of like the small movies that may, we may have missed uh, in the past. Yeah, week. catch up with some stuff yeah. and put a put out a show in that realm. But yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. Oh. yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Jimmy O, what should people say see in theaters Pat- right now? Paddington 2. Paddington 2. Go see Paddington 2. It's a marvelous film. It it really, it, it, I find it, it, it's, it saddens me that people aren't going to see that movie. It's wonderful. Uh, literally, just beautiful cast, beautiful script, great story. It's like a storybook come to life, and it, it just, it's like a movie made of joy and happiness and love i mean it's just beautiful so yeah you go see, see that what do you see in water what do you see next? Me? i don't yeah. know uh well i i don't think i'm supposed to say i i am take when does this air when does this podcast air tuesday, wednesday. tuesday well wednesday. dang i can't plug me I, i'm doing a uh live facebook uh with the uh, adam green and kane hodder for uh the Victor Crowley. Go see Victor Crowley when that comes out. That's a lot of fun. I like that one. So there you go. Hey, how about you? I'd recommend Raised Runner. I mean, not that it, not that we found it amazing, but just more of like again the accomplishment of what West Ball was able to do with a trilogy for a YA novel. Um, it's something that that I think is is worth um, uh, applauding for. But also Lady Bird for sure. Uh, and then uh, next, not sure, probably Paddington too. I mean, you guys, Jimmy, you really sold me on it on this war. No, oh, it's been it's fantastic, war. and and the original's on Netflix. So Aaron sold the, me on the they're... original one. He's like, "Abe, you need to watch the best movie of the year, which came out in January." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I watched it. Like, and and oh, so this, far, the the, this, the best this, movie this year also came out in January. It's Paddington. Yeah, 2. <laughs> Paddington Two is even better than the first film. So it's yeah. and, and that says a lot because first film Paddington is a wonderful movie, but they just my God, these these movies. Oh, and another speaking. Of, let, let me just pimp out a little Sally Hawkins. If you guys didn't see it, see Maddie. Oh my God, Maddie. that movie is fantastic. It's she plays a this uh, folk artist who marries this curmudgeonly old guy, a guy named uh, played by Ethan Hawke. It's a love story. It's one of the most beautiful films of the year, and Sally Hawkins should have gotten a nomination for that. Hmm. It's okay. freaking brilliant, and it's just this lovely love story. I just. Trust me, watch the trailer. You will be sold. It is a beautiful film. Done. I will watch the trailer. Yeah. I'm in the Sally Hawkins mood, apparently. So, <laughs> Aaron? I would I would say Paddington 2, of course, because it is fantastic yeah. and could use more of the audience. Yeah. Uh, 
Phantom Thread, which got a surprising like six Oscar nominations this week. Like I'm certainly, uh, I did not see that coming, but I, you know, that's that's nice because this really good. Yeah. And of course, the post is still out there as well. That was good. That was good. And uh, yeah, I probably Winchester. We, oh, I'm saying uh, we called the party this week as well with Timothy Spall and that. Oh Hartson, yeah, have fun with Maze that. Runner. It's supposed to be a dark comedy. Here in Lagoon. Have fun things. with that. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's <laughs> not much coming out as far as in, in between stuff right now. So no, really, it's that time of year. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Out Now Theater. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. All my written movie reviews can be found there. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe, you can find more fun stuff over at my Instagram, Oakley Doakley, and twittercom slash Smooth. Hashtag. Go, Dylan O'Brien, go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jimmy O, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, Twitter, Twitter uh, Facebook, Snapchat, all that crap. Uh, what else am I on? I, I don't even remember. Yeah, Twitter, James Oster, Jimmy O, Jimmy Dudio, and of course, Joe Blow and Air on the Head. And Flicks can... for Fans. We got some stuff coming. Oh, good. For fans. You and Jason so, got some stuff in the in the works. Yeah, we do. It's it's there is an irony to it, and I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, you can find all the other episodes about now out there today over on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom. You can also listen to us over at HHWLD, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. Uh, feel free to email us any thoughts you may have had on the Death Cure or anything else we discussed today over at Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. You can also write on our Facebook wall, Facebook.com slash Outnowpodcast, or tweet us at Twitter.com slash Outnow underscore podcast. And lastly, you can enter the maze or anything else that has gifts possible over at our pod, Tumblr page on the podcast at tumblr.com. Yep, exactly. um, Jimmy, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you, thanks Jimmy. for having me on. Yeah, thanks, guys. For sure. And until next week when we figure out just what we're going to talk about, that's going to be for this week. So until <laughs> next time, so long. And goodbye. That's why he has the beard. Yeah, that's why he's I have been, mine. He, he, he's been growing it since the 90s in preparation. <laughs> a whole series that didn't exist until 2009. Well, maybe, maybe he was hoping to get the bear pepper part. Though. Ooh. No, he <laughs> no, he he wanted to he wanted to be a uh, Minho. That was his he whole thing. To be Minho. <laughs>
Yes. Wait, who's Miho? I'm confused. Miho's the one they have to rescue. The little the, 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 oh, yeah, 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 that guy. Manny Batikin playing, like, a 15-year-old? Yeah, it makes sense. He had, a, he had really interesting ideas for the role. It's like, no, there'll be one old older Jewish man that'll also be in the maze with these kids. <laughs> He'll be, yeah, like, their best friend. that would be amazing. That would have been amazing. <laughs> be like, why are you here? He's like, I don't know. I don't remember who I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes.